Good morning, Bill. I'm so excited to have you on Cargo Margo. Uh, Bill Mahoney here. He is our Chief Commercial Officer for NFI Industries. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing well, and I am flattered to get the invite today. Thank you very much. Happy to I'm, talk to you. Absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm honored to have you on. Uh, you know, you are our infamous leader here, Bill, and I want to talk about, you know, that journey uh, that you have had along the way and how you got to be the chief commercial officer of NFI Industries. Uh, how long have you been in the industry? So I've been in the industry now 27 years. Uh, started as an intern during my sophomore year of college in this business. Now, did you always know that you wanted to go into logistics or is this something that you kind of fell into? You know, I was an operations management major. I thought it was going to be more manufacturing, maybe a little bit engineering, like production standards and figuring out how to make things faster. But when I showed up to this company named Nexus, they only had one X, not two. So everybody knew of the other Nexus with two Xs. So I thought it'd be like a manufacturing environment, making shampoo. But when I showed up, it was a third-party logistics provider and they wanted me to load a truck in door three. And at that point, I was a waiter at Red Lobster for about four years. So I learned very quickly how to load trucks, but totally coincidental and by accident that I end up in this industry. Wow. Now, what would you say are three of the biggest factors uh, that have influenced you to become a leader, you know, to really um, rise within the organization? Because it's one thing to unload a truck part-time, but it's another to be, you know, a chief commercial officer. No, I appreciate that. I mean, I think for me, uh, I've always been highly competitive. I like to win. Um, you know, I think I've always been pretty outgoing. So I've always enjoyed when I entered the sales arena, the opportunity to get out and see customers and talk to people and really come up with creative, you know, solutions. And then I'd also say, um, you know, there's definitely, you know, kind of like <clears throat> how we get our start, you know, whether that's the influences we have or, you know, the families we want to take care of. Um, you know, there's definitely just some personal drive that I think was something always in the back of my mind. So, um, yeah, I'd say those were three big, pretty big ones for me. Now, have you read or listened to anything recently that's inspired you? And I ask you this because it's so important. You have a huge team that you're responsible for, but how do you keep motivated and current, you know, within the industry? You know, it's, um, you know, whether it's podcasts or it's listening to different things or, um, I've been a huge fan of uh, autobiographies. Uh, it's kind of always revolved around historical figures or sports figures. So um, I would say that I probably use more of my reading opportunity outside of, you know, trade journals or a Wall Street Journal. Most of my reading time is more entertainment. That's like my break, you know, um, but then, you know, if I'm listening to something or, you know, looking at what our peers in the industry or our competition or our customers are talking about, that's probably just content is so easy to get a hold of now. 
that you know you're you're really able to stay relevant but i encourage the whole team they need to devote time on a daily basis you know to look at stuff and and um stay relevant and yes current as you put it totally agree now you mentioned a break and i can't imagine that you get many of them so what are some success habits that you have is taking breaks throughout the day or once a day is that part of your success habits so great question you know the books will tell you you need to get up and go out for lunch and get away from your workstation um i'm not good at that i'm probably pretty good at you know running out bringing it back to my desk and going right back to work or you know we're traveling on the road eating on the fly um i think i look at it more in terms of like every three or four months i try to make sure that i take some meaningful time off i do my best to disconnect you know, trust your team that they're going to cover that, you know, the company and the job will be there when you return. So whether that's a summer fishing trip, which is completely unrelated to selling supply chain solutions to large organizations, you know, or it's a golf trip of some type. Um, and then, you know, some family trips in between, but I try to encourage that. I think many folks on my team have always heard me say, use that PTO, um, if you don't have enough of it, uh, don't worry, uh, we'll give you more. But I want you to, people to have time to spend it with their family and friends and disconnect. So that way we, we're always hitting the job um, with a fresh perspective. So that quality time is really important to be able to take that time, use it as that quality uh, break to disconnect uh, so that you're recharged when you come back in so that you have that motivation you know, and some inspiration too, right? I'm sure that when you take that time off with your family and your friends, you come back and you're just ready to go. Yeah, and I think with, you know, we're customer facing. So, you know, we're out looking to win deals and retain business. And uh, with that, unfortunately, when you're prospecting, a lot of disappointment comes with that. And nobody remembers the, um, the amount of times you lose, they just remember the times you win. And as in baseball, even if you're a Hall of Famer, you know, a 30% hit rate will get you into history books. So I think it's important to recharge, to take that fresh perspective and always try to find a way to hit the ground running every day. So I'm hearing that reflection is also really important uh, as far as, you know, your journey, where you've come and to really level up. Uh, when you're reflecting, is there anything or any advice that you would give us that you wish you would have known when you started your journey in supply chain? Wow. <clears throat> you know, I've really enjoyed, um, I, I underestimated when I started in supply chain of how many opportunities you would get to do business with the same people. You know, I didn't realize, I mean, I've been at NFI for 22 years. Um, We've grown from when I started a couple hundred million, you know, up to four billion. And growth was fun, and you know, we have great customers. And if they left the company and went somewhere new, it presented an opportunity. So I wish someone had told me, you know, that you may get an opportunity to do business with somebody three or four times, maybe in their career at different companies. Um, I'm glad no one told me how hard it was, you know, because you kind of got to learn that on the fly. You know, and we, um, I think, and, and it's just the last part is I, I've kind of enjoyed watching our industry consolidate and us being kind of that 
last standing unicorn of privately held family run. So no one, I didn't expect that 27 years ago that our industry would get so much smaller. Um, so yeah, it's, um, boy, I'd love to have a meeting with Bill Mahoney from 27 years ago. That would be fun. So I'm hearing also to keep your doors open. Uh, you know, it's never the end, right? And so to keep those doors open and, you know, you mentioned seeing opportunities almost wherever you go and within any type of partnership or even when the partnership is evolving or changing over time uh, to stay connected. Stay connected. I mean, we at one time, you know, it's rail car shipments across the country and the next minute it's same day delivery to someone's doorstep, right? If you think about that supply chain evolving in 25 years, we've really truly evolved um, the type of equipment, uh, diesel versus electric, you know, all of a sudden, you know, automation mechanization, you know, versus let's see how many people we can put in a building to do the work. Our industry continues to change. I make a, I'll make a bold prediction that I think the next 20 years in this industry will be more revolutionary than the previous 40. I mean, I think that information, uh, I think how we share it, how we optimize, what type of equipment we use. I think the next 20 years is going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be very innovative. It's really exciting time. And so as a company, NFI, how are we choosing and where are we choosing to invest? You know, you mentioned uh, electric vehicles and that's been an industry shaker, right? Uh, so what are some cool things that NFI is doing uh, that you're involved with uh, coming up here soon in 2023? So, you know, definitely in that technology space, you know, how do you do it faster, better, cheaper? Um, <clears throat> it's hard work, working in a warehouse or driving a truck. Um, we, we tell people all the time, stand in an ocean container and unload cartons for four hours that are uh, floor loaded. It's really tough work. So if we can figure out ways to use robotics or technology that unloads that container a little bit, <clears throat> a lot less let manual labor and a little bit quicker, that's a win. You know, that's a win because it's tough to find people willing to do that job. Um, I think my goal in life, Margo, is I'd like to work less and make more money. And I encourage everybody all the time to think that way. So if we can innovate, if we can automate, if we can mechanize, if we can find ways to get the work done better and quicker, it's just a win for everybody and everybody comes out ahead. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we talked about in another conversation, culture and morale, and I think it improves the morale, right? To be able to have the latest technology so that you can really do your job efficiently. Uh, you know, you have pride, it's, it's motivational. Uh, you know, out at one of our facilities, looking at the AGVs move around, that was one of the first questions I had for our operators. How do you feel about this? You know, and they bust out their iPad and they're showing all the AGVs moving around 24 seven and it's just fabulous. It's, it's, it, that's where I just get excited about the future. I mean, it's the geofencing on our tractor approaching the delivery location, notifying the retail store manager that they are 13 and a half minutes out, you know, and then it's that store is able to 
it's predictable. They know when to have their people ready to take the product on our delivery and it gets our driver out quicker. That's a better quality of life. You know, it's a better work environment. Um, just innovative ways that are going to change how we do it. Um, that 27 year ago, Bill Mahoney, uh, I think about that, right? They didn't have a cell phone. So now we're talking about geofencing equipment approaching a delivery location. It's just so cool, you know, and it's like, it's exciting to be part of this industry. That's really cool. And I think it's, Wow, what a responsibility too as a company. You know, four billion annually. Do we reinvest? Uh, do we go on a family vacation? Do we buy some more personal real estate, industrial real estate? I mean, it is. It's a huge responsibility, and it shows that within the organization, there's just so much passion to continue this journey, right, Bill? And I'm assuming that's probably a huge reason you're still here today. No, it is. I mean, we have three passionate owners. Uh, that own NFI, um, they're very active in the business and they're very thoughtful with how do they engage um, the fourth generation, you know, to own this business. And it's been pretty exciting to watch that fourth generation develop, you know, evolve just like we did in the industry um, to know that there's heavy reinvestment into the business is a big reason why, I, why I'm here after all these years. Um, and that there's a future kind of laid out. Um, so the business is, is really managed and run on a day-to-day -day basis by an executive leadership team. That's just some of the best people in the industry that I enjoy, you know, working with that group. Um, my first team as our uh, chief uh, human resource officer has always coined it. And um, it, it's pretty exciting to see that this organization will continue to grow and thrive. Uh, we'll continue to grow organically, also through acquisition. And, um, you know, as we've often said, you know, we know what our future, you know, is going to look like and we have a say in it. So overall, <clears throat> uh, we are that last standing unicorn, as I mentioned earlier, um, privately held, family run and, and just significant and meaningful growth with now almost 17,000 employees. Wow. 17,000 employees, Bill. How do you lead a team that large? I mean, that's my boss's job, right? He's got to worry about that. I need to worry about the 50 or so people in my organization that are responsible for that commercial growth uh, in retaining the business, both in sales and account management. Um, the, lo you know, the loyalty and the tenure of NFI's employees, I think, makes it just so unique as well. Um, you see a lot of folks um, that have been here for a long time. You know, the passion, they bleed blue, as we often say. Um, they're passionate about our, our customers, but they're even more passionate about their employees and fellow workers. So, um, you know, that's something that hopefully, Margo, it's 30,000 employees. And hopefully, you know, we continue to double the size of this organization. I believe we're on the right track, Bill. You know, of all the organizations I've worked for, I'm very proud to work for NFI. It's unbelievable the assets and flexibility that we have at our fingertips. That's really exciting to be able to provide a solution that's mutually beneficial to our partners. So very proud. Yeah, and you know, we're we're proud of you too. I I appreciate, you know, different ways of communication. You know, your 
um, your big fan list that's out there and followers. And it gives us an opportunity to tell our story and talk more about who we are. So appreciate the innovative ways that we're connecting um, with both customers and our employees. I appreciate that. And it takes open-minded leadership too, to embrace uh, new changes and new ways to communicate. So without you guys, I definitely wouldn't be here. So let me hop into some more personal, silly type of questions. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Wow, uh, I'm missing a deadline. I, it drives me nuts. You know, one form of respect, in my opinion, is kind of respecting each other's time. Uh, Warren Buffett says that's the one thing we can't get more of, uh, no matter what. So it's like if somebody asks me for something and I, I commit to doing it, and it's due by a due date, try to keep myself organized, keep all those calendar invites out there and reminders or set five alarms, whatever is necessary. But I think to show tr true and ultimate respect for each other, you know, is to respect their time. So that's where that's my biggest pet peeve. And if someone misses a due date, and we have to remember to go back and ask for it again or do it over, it just becomes unproductive time. And that's bad. Your name and your word. That's it. Now, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what meal would that be? You know, it's, I know it's gonna be half of the meal. I'm on this portion control thing right now. So I'm half Italian, Margo. I don't know if my body could ever survive without pasta of some type. And because I'm from Chicago, it's all about an Italian cheesy beef. And we all have big opinions on where that is and what's the best. So if I had to pick one, I would say some kind of a pasta dinner. But an Italian beef would be in very, very close second place. Nice. All right. Our final question. If you could play one song when you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what song would that be? Wow. Wow. No, I feel like it's got to have an 80s hairband to it because that was like my genre. Yeah. You know, um, you know, uh, I hate to say... I mean, we're based in New Jersey, so I'm sure our co-workers, Margo, will think this is me kissing up to the, the state of New Jersey. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I maybe it'd be like an arrow, like a Bon Jovi song. Um, you know, either like It's My Life or Living on a Prayer. They both mean totally different things. But I mean, I feel like that's what the jam would be uh, that I would that when I'd walk in the room, you know, one of those two songs would be on. It just set the stage. Nice. No, thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate you carving out time of your extremely busy schedule to be interviewed here on Cargo Margo. Uh, where can people connect with you? So our listeners listening in, they're going to want to stay connected with you. Do you post on LinkedIn? Uh, can you be found here on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, LinkedIn, William Mahoney. Um, happy for folks to reach out. Uh, I really appreciate you inviting me today. Um, and, uh, you know, I want you and your family, Margo, to have a wonderful, wonderful, happy holiday season. And uh, I'm a big fan of Cargo Margo, too. So thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate it. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll see you all next week.